0: Today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series with Isaac and Rebecca's story, and the conflict between their twin sons Jacob and Esau.
1: Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you could join us again today. Hey, Misu, how you doing over there?
0: I am doing well. I am packing, packing, packing. We are moving yeah. to North Carolina, so. Wow, Yeah. yeah. I, I, Packed all day yesterday and got my office all done and got some other little piddly things done. Look it's at those you go! Yeah, little <laughs> piddly things take forever. Yikes. they do. It's
1: amazing how much stuff you have when you got to pack it all up, ah, isn't
0: it? <laughs> it is. It's like things grow in in the box. Mm-hmm. It's, I, yeah. So, yeah. what? How about you? What are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well so it's my birthday coming up in a few days and I feel yes. like I'm in birthday mode so today oh. I'm just kind of hanging out doing my Something. thing and yeah it's I'm having plans? a good time you got
0: yeah I'm,
1: I'm hanging out with my roommate I think we're gonna go do some fun things today for my birthday even though it's not oh. my birthday yet but yeah um I like uh, to celebrate for a week or two or a month if I can manage it I was gonna
0: it. say so it's birthday what, month in our house I mean we milk I'm, it You got it. it. That's what I'm up
1: to over here.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, Mm -hmm. let's get back to this through the Bible character series. And today we're going to talk, we're going to talk about a birthday today, sort of, (laughs) kind of. Well, yeah, not really. Uh, We're going to talk about a birth. And uh, today we're going to talk about Isaac's family, Isaac, Rebecca, Esau, and Jacob. And quite frankly, they're a mess. They're, they're such a mess. Yeah, Um, yeah. But our real God shows up in the real messes in scripture and he Mm -hmm. shows up big time here. So let's, why don't you tell us a little bit about Isaac and Rebecca, Lindsay?
1: Yeah, so where we're opening our story today is a point where Isaac and Rebecca have been married for 20 years already. And for the first 20 years of their marriage, Rebecca has been barren and childless. So they don't have any kids yet, let alone any sons that they're probably hoping for. And so Isaac begins to pray for his wife and for her womb and asks the Lord to open up her womb. And I just love that that's where our little story begins with Isaac today because Isaac, I imagine, was a man who was defined by this fact that He was the miraculous son of a barren womb. You know, that was that. Mm -hmm. I imagine if there's one thing Isaac knew about God, it was my God can open wounds because that was the story of of his birth. So so I love that that that's, you know, probably a defining characteristic of his life. And that's what Mm -hmm. he draws on in his relationship with God at this point where he's married. His They don't have any children. So he asked the Lord to open up his wife, Rebecca's womb and. Our real God hears him and answers that prayer with a yes. Yes, Yes. Isaac, I will do that for you.
0: (laughs) And so then we see Rebecca become pregnant. Uh, Mm -hmm. Genesis 25, 22 says the babies begin jostling around in her and she says, ah, what is happening to me? So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I I've, I've never been pregnant, but I imagine that's how I would feel when the babies you know, start kicking inside of me. I don't know. <laughs> I've never had twins, but I'm yeah. guessing that's how you'd feel with twins. I can't imagine mm-hmm. twins. One was enough. Holy cow. Yeah. So yeah. And, and she says, really, what is going on, Lord? I, I need to know why this is happening to me. And and yeah. God responds to her. I love that God talks to her. I Yes. You know, pause, side note. I okay. love that our real
1: God speaks to women in the Bible. Yes. We've already seen him do this a few times. And he speaks to women, not just men, even though, especially in that historic time setting for most mm-hmm. of the Old Testament, right. that was a very male-dominated society. Yes. I mean, very much. And our real God just Blows that out of the water and he, he speaks does. directly to women because he yeah. wants to. And, you know, he made us male and female in his image and he wants to relate to and reveal himself to both men and women. And so he speaks to women and he speaks to women who are in great need and crying out to him. And And I just
0: was in great need. Yes. yes. Yeah. So tell us more about what,
1: yeah, how God responded to her and and what he says to her there.
0: I mean, let's face it. These were the days before ultrasound, right? I mean, there was no telling (laughs) girl, boy, you know? Yeah. So God was for ultrasound here. And he says, you know, two nations are in your womb and two peoples from within you will be separated." One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. That Hmm. was what he told this mama. And I'm telling you, I'm sure she, just like we hold on to those little ultrasound pictures, I'm sure she held on to those words for their whole lives. She remembered that. She molded over those words.
1: It sounds like a little bit of a rough
0: rough future for them though. A prophecy of some, some
1: strife to come ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, there was strife from the very beginning. I mean, if mm-hmm. she's crying out to God, what's happening to me? Then I'm telling you, there was strife <laughs> from the start. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So the next thing scripture tells us is the boys are born. And it's kind of a crazy birth too, because Esau comes out, he's red and hairy. That sounds real attractive, doesn't it? And so they <laughs> yeah. name him Esau, which means red and hairy. And so then the second one comes out, and he's grasping Red and Harry's heel, right? And so they name him, he grasped the heel, which is a Hebrew idiom for deceiver and deceitful. Mm. So let's think about Rebecca calling the boys for for lunch or dinner. You know, come on over, Red and Harry and deceitful, we're going to have lunch, you know? I mean, that's what it sounds very like. Very
1: descriptive. Very yeah. descriptive in their naming. I'm glad so, I'm glad my
0: mother named me a name that just
1: seems really? like a name to me and right? not something like that. Yeah. Thank you, Mom. 28 so, years ago
0: when my birth happened. Thank Lindsay you, Mom. It's much better than Red and Harry or Deceitful, I like right? It. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yes. So, sad, dysfunctional family already, but it's mm-hmm. about to get worse. So, tell us about yeah. how it's going to get worse, Lindsay. Well, I mean, I think maybe we need to
1: look back for a moment at – this is a dysfunctional family because, well, what's happening here is, you know, he, she calls them red and hairy and deceitful. And as they grow up, we see this split happening, um, where it t- Scripture tells us that Esau becomes a mighty hunter and Isaac loved him more, and Jacob stays mm-hmm. near the tents and Rebecca loves him more. This yeah. is that's sad. I mean, that's just it a is. sad picture in Scripture that this is a split family. The affections mm-hmm. for the children are split right down the middle, and you know. I think that for Isaac, maybe that he's he's kind of a product of this kind of dysfunction um, mm-hmm. of a father trying to figure out which sons to love and how much. Because, I mean, think of Isaac's life with some of some of his dysfunction there, um, yeah. even before he met his wife, before all of this. You remember Hagar and Ishmael? You remember that whole tension with Sarah and Hagar and, and all of those things? Um and we know that his father Abraham loved Ishmael a lot, and he also loved isaac and so he was he was torn here between affection for his sons and man, here are these fathers of our faith, Abraham, who talked about Isaac, who is just bearing the struggle of his, his mother and his father and some of this dysfunction. Then he's got these sons who are already pitted against each other. And he just chooses to love one more than the other. He just, you know, the scripture clearly tells us that he loves Esau more. And, you know, I bet Jacob knew that as well. Mm -hmm. And, and, is this is just contributing to some of that family function. It's not hard to to kind of tell who's the favorite or at least to suspect mm-hmm. that there's a favorite in the family when even when there's not. Um so so anyways, now we've got we've got these two sons vying for their father's attention, which kind of reminds me of Cain and Abel, you know, trying yeah. to get father's good pleasure and one who's already already got it. And mm-hmm. then Jacob just starts going around and he is seeking his father's attention, his father's Blessing his father's stuff, he he starts going about these different things, and the next few sections of this story that we see um, are are about Jacob stealing things away from his older brother, and kind of yeah, swindling them away from his older brother. Yeah. So let me let me read this first little scene for you from Genesis chapter twenty-five, uh, verses twenty-nine through thirty-four. It's about um, Esau has been out hunting and he comes back in from a hunting trip and he is famished. He is, like, starving to death. And he comes back in, and Jacob's cooking up some stew, and he says, give me some of that stew right now. I'm, I'm famished. And Jacob's is like, oh, sure, brother. I'll, I'll give you some of my stew. But first, I demand of you your birthright. I'll sell you this, this bowl of soup for your birthright. And Esau kind of says, well, what do I care about my birthright right now? I'm about to die. Sure, you can have it. Give me some stew. And okay. Uh, and so Jacob gives him this stew. He swears that he can have his birthright. Esau says, I swear you can have it. Jacob says, okay, here's some stew for you. Now, what kind of, what kind of sibling interaction is this? I'm starving. Give me some food. <laughs> not unless you give me your birthright. I mean, so where's I've got sisters. There? Yeah. yeah. So I've got what, sisters and mm-hmm. I'm, I know that like, Sometimes siblings trick each other out of things. You know, Mm -hmm. I've got a younger sister. When when I was young, I'm sure I tricked her out of several things or tricked her into several things because she's four years younger than me. And so she's a little bit dumber than me. And Uh I could convince her into things, you know, you're in trouble. Um, You're in trouble she's gonna be (laughs) upset if she hears this you know she's gonna recall all the times when i tricked Mm -hmm. her into getting something for me fetching things for me or tricked her out of her favorite toys or who knows what but i think that was when we were fairly young i'm hoping that was in my younger years these boys are at least teenagers are older Mm -hmm. they're like old enough to know better. And this is high stakes trickery right here. This is Mm -hmm. for a birthright. This is a birthright in those days was the right to inherit a father's estate. That was Esau's birthright, a right to inherit a double share of his father's estate, which would have been all his father's wealth and livestock and gold and silver and possessions. And that's what he gives up for a bowl of stew. And, you know, I just think, how hungry did Esau have to be to give up his birthright? How starving must he have been? Or how evil and hard-hearted did Jacob have to be to require that of him in such a moment? Like, what is happening here? What's yeah. going on?
0: You know, I think I think the bigger issue here is Esau, the carelessness with which he sold his birthright. That talks to me about a deeper uh, a character flaw in him and granted you know I know Jacob's not an angel here but you know the fact that he would just give away his birthright is that the kind of guy that you want guarding God's covenant? if he's so careless with his dad's stuff, you know the double portion of Isaac's estate basically and he's gonna give that up for a bowl of soup what is he going to do with God's covenant, the promised land for all eternity? I mean, what is he going to give that up for? You know, a pair of sandals? I mean, you know, yeah. what does that tell us? And, and Genesis 26, 34 tells us that Esau, when he's 40 years old, he marries two Hittite women. Well, that's already saying to me that He's also careless about the pure line of Abraham's descendants inheriting the promised land. He's already mingling Canaanites with hmm. the pure line, so there's a carelessness about Esau that has got to to just at least Jacob is willing to steal for it. Now, um, there's a little there's a little something wrong with my moral compass. There, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean.
1: Yeah. I guess maybe, maybe Jacob could be a little bit better that at least he, you know, he values this birthright, but man, he is just about as swindly as they come. He's just he so deceitful. And I'm not sure, you know, that kind of deceit, that kind of deception, I'm not sure that that's kind of the the kind of guy that God would want to continue his covenant um, line either. Yeah. I mean, or at least I sure, I don't, I don't think I would pick a deceiver to, to yeah. continue on my covenant line i don't know
0: kind of slim pickings here for god right yeah who who do you pick out of these two boys the one who doesn't care the one who steals Uh, for it well great (laughs) i really i know where do you go but here's here's a scripture that it just kind of blows your socks off um you know god knew these babies before they were even born. He knit them together in their mother's womb. And Paul tells us in Romans 9, 11 through 13, he says this, yet before the twins were born or had done anything good or bad in order that God's purpose in election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she, Rebecca, was told, the older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our... Our real God knew which son would swindle and he knew which one had no regard for his father's household. And because he knew which son would make what choice in life, he chose the covenant bearer before either boy was born. So hmm. I, I think because our God knows men's choices and because of that knowledge, he can predestine. And I think that's why he said, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. So I don't know. I don't, what do know. You think? I, I don't
1: know. I mean, maybe maybe it's because our God knows what choices we will make. And so, you know, he beforehand chooses the one who would make the better choices in the end. But I think I might have to disagree with that because it's it also said in that verse you mentioned from Romans 9, yeah. before they'd done anything good or bad, and so That's that true. his purpose might be, Um, Might stand not by works, but by him who calls, which which sounds more to me like God chose one over the other, regardless of what choices he knew they would make, because it was not by their works, not by their choices, but by Mm -hmm. his power and the one who calls that he he was going to do what he wanted to do through Jacob and through Esau. Mm -hmm. Kind of regardless of what kind of what kind of men they were going to be, I don't know. That's that's something that feels kind of harsh and unfair that God would would choose no matter what kind of people we're going to turn out to be. But I think it's something that our God certainly could do, and and I think it would be well within His rights as the Almighty God to to choose kind of regardless of our actions. Though so it's hard to think that, boy, I would want Him to choose because He just. He knows whether I'm going to be good or bad, but I'm not sure that that's how he works. It's kind of a, it's a mystery. It's, it's, I feel kind of stuck about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, who are we as the clay to call the potter good or bad? I mean, you know, does the clay get to decide what the potter makes of us? So, you know, there is that aspect of it too.
1: I imagine that our choice has something to do with it, but I just, uh, I just don't Uh, know.
0: (laughs) So, I guess in our little podcast, "Real People, Real God," we're probably not going to answer the grand debate of theologians through the centuries and decide whether it's predestination or free choice. So. Yeah, yeah you're right. We should
1: we should probably just we
0: we'll, we probably we should just, just move on off that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we can just leave that for today and we we'll, yeah. okay, let's just say we'll just suffice it to say our real God knew what he was doing with these two go. brothers. He knew what okay, he was doing and so yeah. Jacob ends up with his brother's birthright through this there whole scene. So now does that mean he's automatically the son of the covenant through whom this this mm-hmm. blessing
0: will go No. Through? No, because see, the birthright is that he stole for the cup of soup there thing. Now that's different than Abraham's covenant blessing. the The birthright is just an inheritance of his father's possessions. So the decep that deception happened before. Then years later, we get a new deception in Genesis twenty seven, and this new deception Rebecca gets in on. So this is. Let me read you just a little bit about this new deception. Rebecca was listening as Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back to his father, Rebecca called in her son Jacob and she says, "'Look, I overheard your father say to your brother Esau, "'Bring me some game and prepare me some tasty food to eat "'so that I may give you my blessing in the presence of the Lord before I die.'" So do you hear that? "'In the presence of the Lord before I die.'" I think hmm. that tells us that this is the big one. This is the blessing that, that Isaac is intending to give. This is the Abrahamic blessing. And, and first of all, isn't that sad that Isaac and Esau kind of have this club that Jacob can't be a part of? I just think that's so yeah. sad. All
1: yeah. right. So
0: then then Rebecca goes on and talks to, to Jacob. She says, now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you. Go out to the flock and bring me two choice goats. So I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessing before he dies. Well, Jacob thinks that's a bad idea, not because he has some great moral compass, but just because he's afraid he's going to get caught and might get a curse (laughs) called down on him instead of the blessing. Great. Rebecca says something really interesting. She says, you know, no, don't worry about it. If he does curse you, I'll take the curse. Instead of you, and I just thought, okay, I get that she's you know kind of conniving, but why is she so determined? Why is she so desperate mm-hmm. to secure this blessing for her favorite son instead of Esau? I mean, what would be the big deal? Why is it so terrible? And then I got to thinking, okay, there are two great motivators in life love and fear, so why love? Okay, she loves Jacob, but Fear also. So is she afraid that Esau will put Jacob out of the camp when Hmm. when Isaac dies? Is she afraid that Esau might put her out of the camp after Isaac dies? And then I began to think, I wonder if, remember what God said to her, the one time in Scripture that we see God speaking to Rebekah, he promised her the older will serve the younger, And did she think it was up to her to bring God's word to pass? Just like Sarah had done with Hagar. Just like we all think we need to get our little fingers in there. As if he needs our help with that. That's right. Is she doing Mm -hmm. the exact same thing that Sarah did that we do sometimes? So Rebecca prepares the meal. She dresses Jacob in Esau's clothing. She puts goat skin on his hands and neck to make him hairy. And Jacob carries in this tray to his father's tent, the aroma of that tasty meal announces his presence. And Isaac says, is this my son? Who is this? And Jacob says, I am Esau, your firstborn. And that is Mm. the first of five lies that he tells his father straight, up, are lying his straight father. up lying to his father lying to his father like Cain and
1: Abel yeah. again oh no That's I don't know right. where my brother is oh, I'm what yeah. am I supposed to be paying attention to you know like Cain yeah. and exactly yeah.
0: like that absolutely and Isaac gives him five chances to come clean and every single time Jacob stands before his blind father and steals the family fortune. I mean, what a slime mm. ball, right? Mm-hmm. Slimy, slimy. Yeah. See, I told you, not a great pick. Oh, not either I, one of them. Not neither great one pick. is a good pick. I'm <laughs> telling you, no, I agree. I agree. So finally, Isaac is convinced. And he says, ah, the smell of my son. When Jacob leans down close, he gets a whiff of Esau's clothing. And Isaac is convinced. He says, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. And so now he begins to confer the blessing on to, to who he thinks is Esau. And mm. he goes on and he says, be Lord over your brothers. And may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May mm. those who curse you be cursed. Does this sound familiar? And uh-huh. those who bless you be blessed. It's kind of similar. Yeah. to it, It's like Abraham's blessing, right? But that's mm-hmm. all. That's the only part of Abraham's blessing that he says there. He intended to make Esau Lord over Jacob there, didn't he? And he hinted mm-hmm. at Abraham's covenant blessing, though he didn't do it all. Hmm. So then Jacob gets out of there. I mean, he's out of there like a light, right? He's got the so blessing. He's, he's gone. Got he's gone. So what happens next, Lindsay? What happens when Isaac and Esau find out? Well... W- Esau comes in, he, he offers this to his father, and his
1: father's like, who are you? I've already given the blessing away. And and they both kind of discover that they've been duped. And they're both devastated and livid. And then the, the conversation that follows is just Esau begging his father to oh, give him a blessing. Almost as many times as Jacob lied to his father about yeah. who he was to steal the blessing, Esau begs his yes. father for a blessing. Bless me too, my father. Nope. Your brother came and deceitfully took your blessing. Ah, that Jacob. How much you reserved any blessing for me, father? Nope. I've made him Lord over you. What else can I possibly do for you, my son? And Esau again, do you have only one blessing, father? Bless me too. Oh, I mean, he just begs, begs his father for Some blessing, any blessing. And his father just won't budge on that, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy to me. He just keeps saying the blessing has already been taken. I mean, eventually he does give Esau this piddly little blessing that kind of amounts to, like, eventually you'll get out from under your brother's thumb who is Lord over you. You know, that's the best that Isaac can give to him. So, yeah, you know, he gives him this not quite blessing. And I don't know why Isaac, who loves Esau more... Why Why is he withholding a further blessing from his most loved
0: son? Like, what is happening yeah. in this
1: scenario here?
0: It's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting. It's, it's weird. It's, yeah, it is interesting. And so Isaac leaves, and he is obviously pretty honked off, and he vows to get even with Jacob. And Rebecca hears about that. So she cooks up another scheme, and she's going to get Jacob out of the camp and away from his angry brother. So she goes in to talk to Isaac again, and she's obviously expecting, you know, for Isaac to try to get to the bottom of the deception. So she comes up with a plan to go on the defensive, and she walks in, and she says, I'm sick to death of Esau's Canaanite wives, and you've got to get Jacob out of here to find a wife from Haran, which is where her family's from. And surprisingly, Isaac agrees and he calls hmm. for Jacob. And instead of the reprimand that would make sense at this point, right? I mean, surely mm-hmm. right. the next time he sees Jacob, surely he's going to say something about the deception. He's going to use it right. as a just teaching moment. Right, just wait till your father
1: he, comes home. I don't know, yeah, if that kind right. of like, you're in for it, buddy. You, you yeah, know, that's what I think.
0: <laughs> something, you know. Instead, though, li- this is the first thing he says to his deceptive son. Do not marry a Canaanite woman because he has to, you know, he has to appease Rebecca because I'm guessing she's mm-hmm. a force to be dealt with. Right. Do not <laughs> care- marry a Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padan Aram to the house of your mother's father, Bethuel. But now listen to this. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. May he give you and your descendants the blessing given to Abraham Mm -hmm. so that you may take possession of the land where you now reside as a foreigner, the land God gave to Abraham. Then Isaac sent Jacob on his way. That's just wild uh, to me. (laughs) Isn't that nuts? That's wild that
1: he would, you know, we know Isaac loves Esau more. He loves Esau more. He wanted to, he had this special club moment where he wanted to give Esau the blessing, make him Lord over his brother. And instead he he gets duped. He gives it to Jacob. Then when Esau begs him for a blessing, he won't give him one. And then Jacob comes in and instead of reprimanding him, he gives him a fuller blessing, another blessing and a full blessing of Abraham. And I wonder, Mm -hmm. I wonder if Isaac... Like, what's happening with Isaac? Does he somehow understand by this point that that Jacob is to be the covenant bearer, that that's what God's doing? Or is he just is he just off his rocker? I mean, like, he seems to be sort of strangely and calmly accepting this whole thing, which Mm -hmm. what we know of him and and how he loves one over the other. It just doesn't seem right to me. It's weird. Like, what do you think is is happening here? (laughs)
0: Okay, so here's here here's what was like a light bulb to me. I, I've always thought that Isaac was sort of an underachiever in the whole patriarch family mm-hmm. thing. He doesn't you know, get with, a lot of page time on he really these stories. He doesn't. You know, we have lots of story about Abraham. We have lots of story about Jacob. And poor Isaac, you know, there's just not much there. Mm-hmm. And so, but this whole blessing thing has changed my mind about him. I think Isaac, and I don't know if he knew it, or if he didn't know it, I think he was very much led by the Spirit during Mm. his blessings. Even when he thought he was blessing Esau, that first one, Mm -hmm. and he hinted at Abraham's blessing with that whole, you know, whoever blesses you will be blessed and whoever curses you will be cursed. He was restrained, constrained by the Spirit from giving the full Abrahamic blessing to the son he thought was Esau at that point. Mm -hmm. And then when Esau, the real Esau, who he knew was Esau, came in begging for a blessing. You know, at that point, the Abrahamic blessing was there to be given. He had Mm -hmm. not given it to the first son. And he could have, he really could have. But he kept saying, I haven't got anything. I can't Mm -hmm. give you anything. There's no blessing Mm -hmm. left. The blessing has been
1: given. It cannot be changed and revoked. He just had this like sanctity of blessing. kind
0: Like he just kept saying, nope, I cannot, I cannot, I can't, I can't, I can't. And, and I believe the Holy spirit was in him saying, you really can't. Mm -hmm. And then when Jacob, the one that he should have been angry with the one that he should have withheld everything from out of just sheer spite, if nothing else, He absolutely pours out, word for word, Abraham's clear and powerful blessing from God Mm. on this son who has just deceived him. That, to me, is one of the most powerful works of the Holy Spirit that I've seen Mm. in Isaac in his whole story. So I've never seen that before. I I just never seen that before. I think that is just kind of an incredible, um, just expression of the spirit Mm -hmm. in the Old Testament. So. I love yeah. that. I love that. That's beautiful. That's that's amazing.
1: And I I love that you know as we're talking this through the through the Bible character series and talking about these different people, I love that here we get a, a little window into Isaac, which I've never yeah. really gotten before, just like you said. Yeah, so, either. I I love this picture of of Isaac and who he is and how the Lord works through him and mm-hmm. that's going to sort of wrap up our story of Isaac today and, and wrap up our time. But I just want to leave us on this encouraging note about Isaac's life and really about this, this whole family and and all of their lives. And I mean, this was a, this was a mess of a story for everybody. And this, this family was a split down the middle, heck of a mess. Can you get more emotional baggage than this? You know, that's, that's the kind of family that we have here, but our real God, worked his plans and his purposes through these real people. And so I think for all of Mm -hmm. us and for any of you listening out there today, take heart. I think this is a story for all of us to take heart because Mm -hmm. no matter what kind of dysfunction or sin or mess or brokenness you might find yourself in, our real God is in the business of working through people like that, through people Mm -hmm. like me, people like you, real sort of crazy people and he can work through us <laughs> yes. and he uses our mess of our lives he, he uses our mess to bless other people which is what yeah. he's doing here with with Isaac and Jacob and Esau so I think that's a good he, note to end on that for today is,
0: that it, he uses our mess to bless I love that yeah. line Lindsay yeah, that, that's mm-hmm. a tweet right there it's tweet. <laughs> you <can> tweet that <laughs> we can just tweet that that's awesome <laughs> alright well if, be sure you don't miss a single episode of Real People Real God and in order to do that you can subscribe On iTunes, Android, or Stitcher, or you can listen on my Friday blog at www.misuandrews.com/slash/blog. The notes for each podcast are available on the blog uh, on the date of the podcast. You can also post comments and questions on the blog site as well. If you have a Mm -hmm. question specifically for Lindsay or I, either one of us, um, we would love to reply to that. So come back next time, everybody, and remember be real thanks for listening to real people real god if you enjoyed this episode please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on itunes we rely on real people to provide feedback and our real god to provide listeners